Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. If you're a spiritual professional and have been building your skills and knowledge for years and feel ready to share this wisdom with the world, then the Afterlight Institute wants to work with you. If you want to create your very own online course without having to worry and stress about the technology and the marketing, then you are strongly urged to apply. All the details can be found at theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Lauren Gonzalez, who is an Usui Reiki master teacher, an Akashic Records practitioner, a licensed massage therapist, and integrative health coach. Lauren loves to be of service, sharing her light, knowledge, and intuitive guidance with all those who love and appreciate this work. She specializes in merging Reiki and Akashic Records in her sessions. Lauren offers both in-person and distance healing, as well as group ceremonies, classes, and workshops. Lauren has one of the best names ever, Lauren, and she'll be joining me today to talk primarily about the Akashic Records, because this is a topic I am very interested in, but we're also going to talk about how she does fuse that with Reiki and her spiritual journey. What's led her to discover the Akashic Records? Lauren, thank you so much for being on the show today. Welcome. Mm, thank you, Lauren, for having me. I don't scroll through Instagram trying to find people with the same name, just in case you thought I did, but um, somehow fate has landed <laughs> us together. Lauren and Lauren, it's great. So yeah. I like to start off every show with asking my guests about where their spiritual journey began. I'm so fascinated to see whether or not it's been a lifelong journey, whether there was a dark night of the soul, interference, what sort of happened. So what happened for you, Lauren? Mm, yeah, thank you. Um, gosh, you know, when I think back, um, you know, we don't want it to be rock bottom, but that's often the entry point, right, for a spiritual awakening. And for me, it was, uh, yeah, broken heart and debilitating anxiety, PTSD. It was the universe really trying to get me to pay attention, listen. Uh, but I was resistant to the messages and sometimes mm -hmm. divine intervention happens when it needs to happen. And through that, I found Reiki. I found just this beautiful world. I mean, um, and life has not been the same since and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I do notice when I speak with my guests is that they all sort of have this, this pivotal moment in their life where they almost can choose two roads. And uh, I know I've gone through that myself. When you experience something like that, you know, what does it take to side, sort of get you out of it? Did you pick up a book? Did somebody say to you, hey, girl, you know, have you ever heard of, of Reiki? Did you know that you can heal yourself and people around you by channeling spirit? I mean, how did that sort of happen? Was there a mentor that influenced you? 
Well, I'll say, um, and I don't know uh, the originator of this quote, but it's something like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I just believe I was ready. Um, and when you put out that energy, uh, the sort of like attracting like, that energy is also seeking you. And yeah. so I would found my way to Wayne Dyer, one of the greatest spiritual teachers in my life, uh, Louise Hay, you know, all of the greats. Um, and eventually it led me to Reiki practitioners here where I'm from in Kansas City. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. It, it was just an, an idea whose time had come now. When you're reading a book or you're listening to information or you're taking a course, you know, do you have sort of a process that you follow that helps you to discern whether or not something is truthful for you? Do you feel it in your gut? Do you, are you able to articulate it? Is it just a knowing? I think one of the things that people struggle with in general is kind of identifying what information is real what's accurate and how to process that. So do you have some processes that you can sort of share with our listener at home about how you discern your own truth or has it been something that just comes naturally to you? Mm, I think it's definitely uh, intuition. It is that inner knowing, right? The body is a pendulum, right? You can feel in whether it's food or you know, whatever you're consuming, whatever you're taking in. And you can say, is this true for me? How does this feel? You know, just placing your hand on your heart, on your abdomen and really breathing into that. Your body lets you know when it's, when there's something that's not truthful or something that's not, um, not, perhaps it's not for your highest good in that moment mm -hmm. and you just feel off or maybe you get kind of that stomach pain or upset or um, you just get that sense, that inner knowing, uh, this, this isn't right for me right now. And so, yeah, I really lean into that inner knowing and I drop in. Um, I'm one who, I won't respond right away. I'll, I'll say, let me, let me think about that. Let me get back to you. Um, and I'll feel into the energy, I'll feel into my body, yeah. So definitely intuition. I love how you just sort of said there that you don't respond right away. I'm always somebody who responds pretty much right away. And I always try to encourage other people to not do that necessarily. Um, but it's an innate quality that I have. So have you always been that way where you've, you've taken the time to process and really check in with yourself? Or was that something that you learned to do? Something I learned to do for sure. Um, as I navigate and learn more about human design, which I'm still learning, um, I found I'm the projector. And in that, I like to have the invitation, right? I like to have someone say, hey, will you do this? And I would often right away in the moment, if it feels like a hell yes, go for it. But now what I found is not every invitation is the right invitation. So don't be so willing to just jump in. I mean, that really comes back to the, okay, yes, this is a wonderful opportunity, but how does it feel? Is it right for you right now? Um, and now it's just become a part of the practice, just dropping in before I say yes or no. I think sometimes, you know, especially with social media and the internet and all that kind of stuff that we all have FOMO. It's as though we feel that if I don't say yes to this invitation, I will never get another invitation like it again. When really, if we live in an abundant universe, we know that, well, if you say no to something that doesn't serve you, there's something right around the corner that is available for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. What's an example of, of that? Go ahead. 
Oh, it just reminds me of that quote that something, uh, what's meant for you won't, won't pass you by. Like it's going mm -hmm. to, even if you say no to something and spirit, God, the universe is like, well, actually, yes, <laughs> it'll come back around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So how did you first get introduced to the concept of Reiki? How did that sort mm -hmm. of happen? Yeah, well, I have, um, I had a massage therapy background first. And through that, I was connected to uh, Reiki as sort of an introduction during the massage therapy school. And as I was doing my practicals and in the clinics, uh, my teachers would say, wow, you really have something with energy work. You should, you should pursue that. And I just kind of put it in the back pocket, didn't really think about it too much. I was like, no, I'm going to do massage therapy. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and of course, through that dark night of the soul, uh, I was really searching. I was open and I was ready. I wanted to get to the core, to the root of um, the pain and so forth. And I was connected back to one of my teachers from massage school who just so happened to be a Reiki master teacher as well. And I didn't know it at the time. Yes. And it was just perfect timing. Yeah. And um, we, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey and it continues to unfold to this day. So is Usai Reiki, for some reason, I'm feeling like that Reiki works with the elements or works with fire or something like that. Is that is that right? Or can you kind of describe yeah. how that well, might be different from other practices? There is, yeah, there is holy fire Reiki and there is then Usui Reiki. So holy okay. fire is uh, really one that's meant for like distance uh, training. So um, if you want to um, give attunements online, right? That's certainly possible. You can, I mean, Reiki, no matter what style or energy work, really, as long as the recipient is open and willing to receive, uh, mm -hmm. Reiki is across distance, time and space. It's, it's, it's heart to heart, yeah? But um, Usui Reiki is a Japanese alternative healing method. It's a, a gentle laying of hands and it works primarily with the energy body. And it was developed by uh, Mikao Usui, a uh, Buddhist monk. Uh, and it's just a, a beautiful story, the, the history, but uh, truly it's just, um, we all have that, uh, this innate ability, right? If you stub your toe, what happens? You reach down to grab it, right? You think, oh, okay, ouch, yeah, but you're holding it. And what's happening really is um, this ability to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, of course, if you broke your arm or something, you'd need some emergency uh, help, but really on the emotional, on the um, sometimes like when it's the beginning of an illness or things like that, if you look at the energetics of it, you can really begin to work with your energy. For example, like throat is going to be connected to grief or repressed um, energy there of expression. And so Reiki can really help assist and get, go deeper there. Okay, fantastic. So let's talk now about the Akashic Records, and then we'll find out from you in a little bit about how you sort of merge Reiki with the Akashic Records. So I'm wondering how you first got introduced to the Akashic Records, and how would you describe them for our listener at home in case it's the first time that they've ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Well, the Akashic Records, um, this is... <laughs> Believe it or not, I was having dreams about going into a library and I would go into the same spot, open the same book, but I couldn't read the pages. And I was like, what, what does this dream mean? Why am I having this all the time? What is happening? This was, um, gosh, it was, it was last year. Yeah. And I had had 
um, a bit of curiosity around the records, but I just hadn't really put any feelers out. And I, uh, I knew that you could just pick up the book that's like accessing the Akashic Records by Linda Howe. And there's the pathway prayer and how to access it and everything. But I wanted something a bit more. I wanted a guide to assist me through a sort of certification process. Mm -hmm. And so after having those dreams, I was, I was, I think, Instagram, the great connector, and it connected me with the teacher out of Maine. Her name is Rachel, um, Rachel Horton White, and she uh, has a distance um, uh, class, I guess, coming up uh, within like a month. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, this, this seems right. I had that intuitive knowing, right? Mm -hmm. The discernment, the feeling. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for it. This is, this is it. And from there, it was just like a, um, it was more of a remembering for me. It was, yes, you have accessed this before. And I would venture to say, like Reiki, because it's, it's our birthright, right? It's within us all dormant. The Akashic records are one and the same. And so the Akashic records, we think, okay, well, what is this? And so um, think of it like a sort of vibrational archive of every soul and their journey, um, because it exists at the level of the soul. Um, I would say like picture, again, going into a library and you go to your, like let's say it's your section of books and all of these books contain every past life this now moment and future possible outcomes. So not in the way of future predicting fortune telling, but in the way of what information would best serve and support my highest and most greatest good in this now moment. And mm -hmm. I just find it to be such a beautiful experience. Um, and it's, I will say it's a subtle energy, right? It's not as if you go in and suddenly rainbows and unicorns and light beings show up. I mean, maybe if that's your experience and way of receiving, but for me and, and for most of my clients, it's uh, where you can receive perhaps more, the guidance is more ready available from your guides, from your team, from your angels, whatever you identify with, um, as well as the feeling of being in the records. It's what I hear most often is, gosh, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want you to close the records. It felt so uh, wonderful to be held in that energy. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, it's just, uh, again, it continues to surprise and delight. I never know what's going to happen in um, the next session or going into my own, but I found it to be really helpful, even with like business in just going into the records and asking uh, what would best serve and support my, um, my, my clients, all beings who are um, drawn to this work. And I really go into that before even putting something out by way of class or workshop or otherwise. So oh, yeah, beautiful. it's... Um, Beautiful. I do want to ask you in a second, just about a little bit about how you sort of get into the process of being able to retain that information or get access to the information. But before we talk about that, you did allude to getting sort of signs and symbols in your dreams that sort of led you to pursuing this. So have you always been able to retain your dream knowledge or do you have some sort of a practice to help you with that? Like journaling, mm -hmm. do you sleep with crystals yeah. or different oils or anything? I sleep with a gigantic piece of selenite in my bed, <laughs> but that's not for dreams. I just do that. But um, I will say Reiki has been sort of the gateway. Um, you know, when you receive a, um, a Reiki attunement by a Reiki master, what it does is it sort of expedites your soul 
awakening process. It aligns you more uh, with your ever unfolding purpose, right? Because purpose is many things. It's being of service. It's it's many things. And um, so so with Reiki, it has helped me to really access that third eye portal, the the pineal gland, uh, which is really what's going to help you remember, right? The, the dreams or to receive more guidance or whatever it might be. Um, but to assist with that, I, I sometimes will work with, um, I, I make like a mugwort and lavender sort of pillow that I put near my bed or near my um, head as I sleep. And that'll help um, sort of lucid dreaming or help to um, remember. I keep a dream journal right next to me. Um, but for the most part, I, I just, what I tend to kind of keep in the back of my head is if you remember it and it's vivid and you can continue to recall it through the day, that is a message, pay attention. So mm -hmm. that's what I just tell myself when I, especially when it's recurring or whatever it might be, it's, it's the universe saying, hey, pay attention, got something for you. Okay, that's great. So now let's talk about getting into the Akashic record. So is it sort of like getting into a dream state? Do you go into a bit of a mm -hmm. meditation and I always sort of try to use the example, is it like in your imagination? Just because some people, we never know with our listener at home where they are at on their spiritual journey. So is that sort of the way that you kind of describe it? That's a beautiful way to put it, Lauren, um, because it is, uh, especially in, at least in, this, in, in my sessions, we go in through um, a guided meditation, right? You're envisioning going down a staircase and then into a garden. You're, and some may say, well, it feels like I'm making this up. Is this right? Yeah. And, and my advice is um, it's coming from you. You are a conduit of spirit, of source, of God, of the universe. So um, it's necessary and it's helpful, whatever is coming through. You can usually discern by way of ego or you know being fear or or love right does it sound like a wise grandmother or does it sound like a scared child sometimes and that's how i can able i'm able to discern but for the most part mm -hmm. it feels like that knowing of, of certainty um and it may often sound like your voice um when you're hearing guidance in that way it's it's not going to come in like a booming you know shrouded figure in the room it's it's a very subtle um gentle experience. Do you think that when you're sort of working with a client, let's say you get somebody who's learning about this for the first time, they sort of come to you, whether or not that's um, in person or on Zoom, let's say, and you relax them and then you kind of do encourage them to pay attention to any of the thoughts that you, that they're getting. So like you're talking about ignoring the thoughts mm -hmm. that are fear-based, that are sort of scared um, and paying attention to the thoughts that feel good. And then do you then connect to their energy and you get impressions and you get access to their Akashic records? Is that, and then you sort of get the information and then explain to them at the end of the session what you got, or do you talk about mm. that during their meditation? I guess you could say. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. We're, we're very much working together, right? I'm a guide, but it, the person on the table, you are doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's your intention. It's your willingness. It's your openness. Uh, I'm a channel as well. I'm receiving information. Um, but the person on the table is also receiving, um, information. And so sometimes I'm guided to speak um, while the session is taking place. And sometimes I'm guided to wait to the end and let them really have an internal processing. But I will always offer everything that comes up and comes through. You know, sometimes it's 
sometimes it makes no sense to me. And I'll say that, I'll say, hey, um, something about a red balloon, do, and, and that may ignite something for them, uh, and, and it may not. It may be something later, just kind of put it in the back pocket and save it for another day. Uh, sometimes I'll have names of loved ones that have come through, and it's just their their presence being made known, or, you know, it, it just depends, but it's, you know, I will ask, hey, what, what is your intention today? What questions do you have? Mm -hmm. So that we kind of have um, a bit of a pathway, you know, and I pull some oracle cards as well to just really assist the process and we go deeper beyond the first layer of oh I'm just here uh, to hear what my guides might have to tell me it's it's mm. often you know it's, it's layered uh, but they'll only receive what it is they are ready to hear or see or feel or experience and nothing beyond that right I think sometimes when we think about you know putting ourselves in these positions or being vulnerable, you know, that sometimes that fear voice does come up like, well, what if I don't want to relive something? Or what if I don't want to know about the future and when my loved one's going to pass away or something like that? But mm -hmm. what I'm getting from you is that we're given the information for the highest good that's going to serve us right now. And so there's no need to be afraid. Is that sort of the way that you look at it? Exactly. Absolutely. Knowing a traumatic death experience of your own in a past life is not going to be helpful to your now. There's no reason that it would need to come up. And, you know, just in the way of, you know, a question that I usually get is, what should I do? What, what do my guides want me to do? And they'll always circle around and remind you that you are your own best healer. There is no wrong path. There is no wrong answer. It's just choosing, feeling in and choosing again, if you need to. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's, it's, um, I think if you were to go in and say, Hey, when is my mom going to pass? There's no way you're going to be told that I think no matter how seasoned you are on your path, there's rarely going to be anyone who's going to have that answer because that part is not up to us. Um, and, and if we all knew that, what, what, what good would it be to, to, to be here? So to just enjoy this now moment, that's, that's mm. the biggest, um, that's my biggest suggestion. Yeah. So you were talking about how, when you go into the Akashic records and you've got your section and you can see, you know, maybe the books of your past lives, your now moment, and then looking at the possibilities into the future, let's talk about the past just for a second. So when you're talking about past lives, uh, do some people have more past lives than others? So some people might have many, many volumes of past lives, whereas some people won't have a lot. What have you seen in your own experience with clients? Yeah, in my own experience with clients, um, a majority have had many, many lives. Um, and I think I would venture to say, if you are in this lifetime now, uh, you've likely had many because the work that we're here to do in this lifetime is um, just immense. It's, it's <laughs> healing the collective. Yeah? yeah. And we need all of that knowledge, all of the lessons that we've learned in every single lifetime and bringing it uh, really showing up and speaking that truth and sharing our story and really stepping in and rising, which you can kind of collectively see and feel is that throat chakra expansion and people just coming in like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do some work and, and help because we're all walking each other home. And that's what we need to remember. Mm, that's beautiful. That's actually why I named the afterlight, the afterlight, because I was thinking about how we're on our way back to the afterlight, you know, we're, we're on our way yeah. back home. And that's where, yeah, that's where we lie after this. So 
Um, so mm-hmm. when you are working with somebody on their past lives, why do you feel or, or how have you seen it serve them in the now? Like, I guess sometimes I wonder, how is it going to benefit me to know what I did in a past life now? Yeah. Beautiful question. Um, well, let's say, for example, um, you have a pain in your shoulder and you've gone to every single practitioner and doctor and they've done everything under the sun and still can't get to the root cause. In those cases, I would say it would be helpful to uh, just explore the possibility of a past life connection because uh, perhaps it is connected to something where this is a pain that is still being carried, but you're not conscious of it. And it's something that needs forgiveness or something that needs to just be acknowledged and felt and fully released because it's still being held in this now moment. The soul came in still kind of remembering. Um, Another great, um, to really kind of help get a full understanding of this, uh, Brian Weiss and also what, uh, Michael Newton. Yeah. But Brian Weiss, most specifically, yeah. uh, he wrote called Many Lives, Many Masters, right? And he talks about this yeah. young woman who comes in for debilitating anxiety, and nothing can get to the core. And when she goes into really um, press life regression, which is a way of accessing the Akashic records as well, uh, she's able to view um, many past lives and get a clear understanding. And through many sessions with Brian, she's free from it. And she is just, I mean, a, a, an evolved higher version of herself through that process. Um, so I think it's definitely helpful when you just have tried everything and you, you are kind of in that place, kind of where I was when I found Reiki. Um, and you're, you're just willing to try anything uh, to, to have a greater understanding of, of your past. And for our listener at home, if you have not read that book, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters, you must read that book. I will just say that that book changed my whole life. I, I knew nothing about past lives or anything until I read that book, probably read it in my late teens, early 20s. And I remember my mind just exploded. Did you have the same reaction? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Like and if you love that, Go for Michael Newton Journey of Souls, and okay. that's where you start to go deeper into life between lives, where we go, what we do, um, and it's hard to, you know, we want to say, okay, well, how can this be true? Yeah. But for for me, it's hard to discount something when you have all of these uh, sort of client cases independent of each other, and they're able to sort of recount the same exact experience more or less, yeah. So, um, and also just being in the records and seeing some of this in, in, in my own uh, journey, my own experience. So uh, yeah, Journey of Souls, Michael Newton, that's a, to go deeper. Mm-hmm. I've written it down. Thank you very much. Yeah. I will do that yeah. for sure. So have you seen, you know, experience or have you seen clients that you've worked with before sort of get a resolution or have some clarity or heal an ailment or get some sort of vision or renewed passion for life based on having gone back and experienced a past life or, or many? Absolutely. The one I'm thinking of right now, um, a client came in with a pain in her sort of right back 
um, shoulder blade and had gone through, you know, as I said, chiropractor, acupuncture, um, Western medicine, all of the things. And she was like, okay, I, I just want to kind of get some insight because I'm curious. And I said, yeah, okay, let's, let's see what they might be willing to show us. Uh, they being the guides and uh, so forth. But um, what we were able to uncover together uh, because we both perceived bits and pieces of the same imagery was that she had a past life where there was um, an arrow like stuck in that uh, specific location and it was connected to um, her father and in that lifetime they were sort of rivals and this was a means of needing to forgive yeah so um forgiveness. And so in this lifetime, there's um, a bit of disconnect and disharmony between them here. And it's not even, she would say, I don't even know why we don't get along, things like that. And, and we found it's connected to this. And when she's able to uh, continue to work through forgiveness, she's finding that without even saying, I forgive you to his face, that the energy is um, already beginning, the, the, the momentum is building and they're, and they're reconnecting in a beautiful way. So that's, I mean, one example, but um, I could even speak to my own journey and, and yeah. going into my own records and how that has helped. But um, when I take myself through, um, I've had an experience where I saw a past life where I was um, being sort of left by my husband in that lifetime and it's my husband um now and mm -hmm. it was this moment where i had to acknowledge um the resentment for that lifetime that was still being carried into this lifetime um so that's kind of the the cliff's notes version version of it but it's mm -hmm. it's brought me more peace in knowing that we've been together more than just this now moment and so we have this beautiful uh chance to um, reconnect on a deeper level and really see each other yeah it's just so fascinating i know i probably say this in every single episode but sometimes it's just like, it's just um, incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. Yeah. I just think, yeah. I, yeah, I just think you, you know, people who are into this sort of this spirituality stuff, you know, we have this magical, in a way, fantastic world that we get to experience. I mean, when you go to work every day, you must never know what's about to happen. It must just blow yeah. your mind. Exactly. Yes, that's and, and I love that, you know, it's like, okay, spirit, what would you have me do? I love this line from the Course in Miracles. Yeah. It's, um, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? And just let it be that. open. Because I think when you're just open in that way, you really greet that unexpected joy. And so yeah, just remaining open as possible. Mm -hmm. Have you done the Course in Miracles? I dabbled in it. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. It's a book that was given to me and it sat on my shelf forever. And then there were a time where I just feel drawn to it. And I'm like, I'm going to just pull to a page today. I'm just going to feel in. And there are, it, it's always exactly what I need in the moment, like, like everything, but um, at some point I'll, I think I'll, I, I'll be called to that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, if you are interested, and if our listener at home wants to know more too, I did interview an expert on A Course in Miracles um, in some of our previous episodes. And we actually have two, part one and part two, where we went through the 12 core themes. And then we have another episode Mm -hmm. about how to go through the course and all that. So if you're ever interested, because I bought that book too. And when I first opened it up, I went, I do not understand this at all. And he basically said that um, this is Dove Fishman. And he said to me, no, you just skip the whole front, go to the end of the lessons and just do one lesson every day. And so I'm on lesson Mm. 21 and, but I haven't been doing it every day, kind of like what you're sort of talking about, but I'm going in order. And anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because of that quote that you shared, which I I heard Marianne Williamson say that once. And I remember it just resonated Mm. with me so deeply Mm. and so true. So let's talk now about free will, because I know that you mentioned when you're in the Akashic records and, you know, you're looking at the future. I, I think you said something along the lines of future possibilities. I am curious about what those future possibilities entail, because I think sometimes I'm confused about whether or not everything is divinely ordered, but then how does that play in with free will? So if I have free will to get from A to Z, I can decide in a way whether or not I take the long road, I ignore my intuition, I ignore the signs and the omens and the talismans that are, you know, littered along my path, or I follow them and I get there sooner. So what are your sort of thoughts on that? I know it's a big question. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. Yeah. Well, immediately what's coming to mind is just um, soul contracts. And, you know, and if you're not familiar with that, I I think of that like um, before you incarnate, you have uh, these lessons that you are going to set out to learn in this lifetime. So that let's think of that as your main path or perhaps your highest timeline. And we strive to stay on that highest timeline. But like you said, we take the long route. We sometimes don't, myself included, we don't listen, you know, things like that. But we still end up back on there, you know, here and there. We're like, okay, we're on oops or back, you know. Mm -hmm. But even going this long route, that's that's still part of that journey. Yeah, Yeah. it's not wrong. It's it's not, um, there is, it just is, it's, it's the experience. And so that's, I think, part of that free will is that while we have all of these choices or these future possible outcomes that we can, you know, um, choose in that moment, even if we choose uh, path A and we were quote unquote supposed to choose path you know, Z or whatever, that path is still going to lead us back. And we're still, it's like, okay, we went this way. Now we're going to pivot this, you know, or whatever. It's, it's, um, it's a divine uh, synergy. It's, it's um, our guides want us to honor um, our inner knowing, right? Our inner Mm -hmm. truth, our intuition, which is, again, I'm going to circle back to that question. What should I do? And they'll come back with that mirror and they say, what do you want to do? What feels Mm -hmm. good? Yeah. And I think the more you honor that and the more you just lean into like the universe having your back and leaping and knowing the net will appear. I mean, you have everything you need, right? You'll, you'll get there. We will all get there. We're on that path together. 
I remember um, someone shared with me a story about their loved one who was passing away in the hospital and it would have been sort of a process that had gone on for a while and um, they were sitting with them. And at one point, uh, the, the person who was passing away was like pointing at the sky. And my friend said, you know, what are you doing? What's, what's happening? And they said, well, I'm trying to choose an apartment and I don't know, you know, there's this apartment and this apartment. And then they said, well, which apartment do you want? And she was like, well, I want apartment number one. And they went, okay, well, <laughs> choose that one. And I think sometimes, you know, we avoid our, our truth, maybe because we're afraid of what people might say, or, or we're concerned that it's taking us off of a journey or off of a path mm. that we have always been on. You know, how have yeah. you been able to kind of help your your clients, how have you seen it work for you in your own life? Where I guess the word that comes to me is to be brave and to be courageous, to honor that truth, to choose apartment one, if you want to choose apartment one. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, I just think of, have you read, or um, it's the top five regrets of the dying And I think one of them is, I wish I had lived a life that was true to myself rather than what someone else wanted for me. And oh, does that get me to my core? It got me major bumps. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, gosh, when I, and and there was a time where I was, you know, before I had that beginning of the great awakening for myself, I guess, uh, dark night of the soul, it it was, um, I, I was living for the other. I was almost getting ready to marry a guy that I didn't even know that I really truly loved. I I wasn't Mm. doing anything that I loved. I was just, I was a shadow of myself. And um, I am so grateful that that ended the way that it did, even though it was filled with trauma and um, just (laughs) upheaval, but it was still beautiful. And looking back, I can see how even that the way that it occurred none of that was wrong it was exactly what it needed to be in the moment for my experience because it woke me up to wait a minute what do I love um what do I want to do and I remember like maybe I don't know a month or two after that I just up and um sold my my wedding ring and I went and (laughs) bought a ticket to Nicaragua for a yoga retreat and I went by myself and it was just my my eat pray love moment Um, and I am so grateful I did that, but yeah, since then, ever since that moment, I I think of, okay, um, do what you want to do because those who matter will not mind. And Mm -hmm. those that do mind are those who are maybe triggered by you living in your light. It's because that light is illuminating a bit of shadow and they wish that they had the courage to do the same. Yeah. And I just invite all of the listeners to really, that's that solar plexus chakra. Yeah, it's its that power center. It's the courage, it's the bravery. And it's mm-hmm. the side that says, I'm going to do this. I've always wanted to do this. Um, yes. Gosh, I mean, why not? We This is why we're here to experience. Yeah, and you know what? I heard a podcast a while ago and the, um, the guy who's being interviewed said that the average person lives 27,350 days, which is around like 70 or 74 years or something like that. And I thought, wow, like if you look at your life in terms of days and 
you know, every single moment really does matter. And even though we know we shape shift and we change out of this personality, we never die. We live forever and all that kind of stuff. We still have this time now to make the most of it. And yeah, Mm. you know, it's, what's the worst that could happen? That's Mm. a good way. And what's the best that could happen also? Mm, My favorite question right there. Um, gosh, now that you're mentioning like lifespans, I remember looking up the lifespan of a dragonfly and it's something like, and I'm, I can't quite remember, so I may have to look this up, but it's something just, I mean, a blip, like a mere months. And I think, and I just sat there and I wondered, does the dragonfly know that that's all it has? Or does it just go about fluttering along, making the most of its experience? And I feel like, let's be more like a dragonfly and just, you know, um, be yeah. in it. It's like um, Mary Oliver, wonderful poet. Yes. Um, what it? What is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to do the things, all of the things. I yeah. mean, I was terrified to get um, a tattoo. I hate needles. I couldn't stand needles. I don't. It might have a. I almost pass out when I give blood. All of the things. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be courageous. And so for like a year. I did all of the things that really scared me. I got my first tattoo. I got my nose pierced. I went on that um, excursion to Nicaragua by myself out of the country. Um, I went to a concert by myself and sat front row. I did all of these things and it was just such a uh, beautiful experience and one that I still try to integrate in, in, this, um, in this day. So do you sort of check in with yourself, kind of like you were talking about the beginning of our conversation to go, is this scary because I'm not supposed to do it? Or is it scary because it's slightly uncomfortable? And um, also what's coming to mind, I don't know if you've read it, but the book, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer is one of the best books I've ever read. And he talks a lot about surrendering into these experiences that come to us. So you know, do you just check in with yourself and you go, you know what, I might be afraid of going to Nicaragua because it's, it's scary, but it doesn't mean that there's a warning that the the plane's going to crash or something. It just means that it's, I'm tapping into a part of myself I haven't had to use before that resilience or that courageous or that warrior goddess self within. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. I, um, and again, I can only speak to my experience, but it's, um, I say nine times out of 10, it was coming from that place of fear, um, uh, of getting out of that comfort zone. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it said, no one leaves a comfortable couch. <laughs> and when I think about that, it's so true because why would you, you know, what's going to happen? Um, but I find the more that I do those things, the more I say yes, even if I have no idea what it is or what I'm doing, um, it's the most incredible experience I could possibly have. Uh, so I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing that um, and, and keep following those little invitations, I guess, if they spark something. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. So when you're in the Akashic Records and you are wondering, you know, about a decision or you're looking towards the future and you want to access some of your future um, volumes, let's say, you know, you want a little bit of direction. Do you kind of use it as a divination tool in a way? You know, you talked about your Oracle cards as well. 
But I mean, can you give me an example of where you might use the Akashic records in the future to help you? So if you were planning your trip to Nicaragua and you recognize that it was just fear and you're okay to go, would you go into the Akashic records and try to get some guidance on that, whether or not there's a theme for you to look out for, or whether or not there's something significant? Is it, is it sort of that concrete that you can deal with these examples in your life? Or is it more of like a vague kind of future? Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. I do have four specific questions that, um, I will add in and they are, um, in the way of like, what are the positives of, um, going this direction and what are the negatives? Um, or for example, like for, um, for business, what offering will support the highest good of my community? What does my community need for me right now? You know, things like that. So I'll um, have these specific questions um, going into the records and I'll just, it's, it's for me, it's a feeling and it's a knowing. So I'll feel it in my body. Um, and sometimes I'll have um, maybe a word comes through or maybe um, a quote or an, an imagery of something. It, it's just, like I said, it's different every time. But I think after that, what I'll do is I'll ask for a sign. I think signs are just uh, really like those little breadcrumbs that they can yes. really uh, assist us with. But we have to invite them in. Yeah, we, yes. we have the guides and the synchronicities all the time, but we forget that sometimes rather than just breadcrumbs, they can give us a full loaf of bread. So I like to um, ask for a specific sign. Um, mine is usually a blue feather or a bluebird or something with a blue wing. And um, I ask for it and then I release attachment to the when or the how. And sure enough, um, it will come through one way or another. And, and that's how I'll know. Um, we're usually in, you know, it's, it's never, is this the right or is this the wrong, but will this support my highest and most greatest good? Let me know. I do want to ask you in a minute whether or not you've got some tips for a listener at home to be in the present moment, because to follow the breadcrumbs and to pay attention to the signs, you do need to be here now, not in the future, not in the past. So I do want to ask you about that. But before um, we go there, just a couple more questions about the Akashic Records. So I was just wondering, the Akashic Records, they keep hold of everything that's ever happened to us, right? Or does it keep hold of just the significant events? Like, I find it overwhelming to think that it would keep hold of absolutely every single thing for every single life. But at the same time, it doesn't have a data yeah. storage issue. So maybe that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Um, you know, in, in my experience, uh, going into records for my clients and for myself, it is every single um, experience and, 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 and moment. And um, if you think about it, you're writing your records for this lifetime right now. Um, and I like to think of like the life review moments um, mm -hmm. after life, your, your transition period, if you will, death. Yeah. Um, and you're reviewing and what's happening is your, your book comes in front of you. Yeah. And it's like this 3d experience and it comes through and you're just going over the highlights um, in, in that's at least how, how I've been told and, and, and shown and, and experience is that you will uh, go over with your main guides um, and let you know, okay, this is what you set out to do. Um, I, I, I always think back to these um, you are asked three questions. Did you love? 
did you give love? Did you receive love? And so if I think as long as you do that and you remember to have a little fun and remember not to take it all so seriously, but yet yeah. still be open to the opportunities for expansion, um, you'll be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, writing the Akashic Records in this now moment for every single possible reference point so you can go back and look yeah interesting so when you are doing a session with a client do you combine reiki with the akashic records by helping people to relax is that a big part of how you sort of incorporate or fuse the two concepts together yeah that's a good way of putting it i um because Reiki works with the energy body primarily. Um, that's, you, you know, Reiki is always happening. Reiki is not just me with hands on. Reiki is eyes. Reiki is breath. Reiki is the experience. To be a master of Reiki is to allow Reiki to master you. And so that's always my intention to just be the experience of Reiki. And Reiki for me, you know, I think the exact definition is spiritually guided life force energy. But for me, I break that down into just simply love. Reiki is love. And so if I can be that experience and I can help people sort of just ease into that place of, like you said, the present moment, uh, Mm -hmm. finding the now and just being with their breath, uh, then we can more easily enter that space because we've kind of dropped away from your to-do list. We've dropped away from a little bit of the fear and we're just in that space of of receptivity. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where we want to be. Yeah. Beautiful. So how do you help people or how do you practice being present in your own life? You mentioned yoga for me. If I don't do a regular yoga practice, I do a lot of mental spiraling. Um, So I know for me, that's definitely a must do, but do you have some sort of techniques or some little things that you do to help you to be in the present moment? So you can see the breadcrumbs that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Mm, it's so funny, Lauren. My last travels, we, my husband and I went to Boise, and sometimes we'll go uh, on a whim and get a tattoo. And so we did on this trip. And the tattoo I, I got was actually in the place of where my watch would be. And it's just wow. three little letters, N-O-W. And so I chose that now so that when I look at that, um, it immediately brings me back into this moment, because in truth, that is all that we have. All that we have is this now moment where anytime we're thinking about a past situation or we're in the future thinking about what what's the best or the worst that could happen. We're pulling ourselves out of this experience to truly live this one wild and precious life. Yeah. So um, so so that reminder, but also non-negotiable everyday meditation and and self-reiki which is really just tuning into the primary seven chakras and feeling in and breathing in and opening and clearing and just releasing any stuck or stagnant energy is what it comes down to Mm -hmm. setting an intention for the day journaling prayer you know um and yes body movement is key because that can help to release that stuck and stagnant energy in the body as well and fully bring you into the moment because you are like yoga like like you mentioned that it's that body mind and spirit and breath and it's hard to be anywhere else than in you know triangle pose trying to breathe (laughs) and trying to hold and trying to just be it's hard to think of anything else but breathing and and being there yeah so yoga for sure (laughs) 
I love that. Well, we're just getting to the end of our conversation together. I do, um, I guess, want to talk briefly about asking for support and asking for help because you did talk about, you know, your spirit guides and things like that. And I guess I was just kind of wondering whether or not, you know, you just ask for help. You just say, please guide me, you know, please show me the signs. You know, what about people at home who are thinking, well, I don't know what sign I want. Can they just pick any sign? You were talking about the blue feather. You're talking about a blue wing. Um, you know, do you have some sort of suggestions for helping them to get that guidance from their teams? Yeah, it is as sweet and simple as that. Just asking. Yeah, it's like you're just having a you're talking to a friend. These are beings who have known you beyond just this moment beyond this lifetime. They know you at your soul level and how comforting yeah to have someone know you inside and out and still like you. And still like you, yes, and still love you in all of your, your messy magnificence, yeah? But a book does come to mind that was really helpful in my journey, and it's Ask Your Guides by Sonia Choquette. Oh, I love her. Yeah, so I found that to be a little nudge in the, in the right direction, but no matter what, it's just, it's, it's already within you. I've even heard some people ask for like a, a pink skateboard, you know, something that's like, how could this possibly come through? You'd be surprised. I mean, how things like seemingly randomly, I don't hesitate to use the word randomly, but just coming through in the most wildest of ways. But I think that's the beauty of it is, is there is nothing that spirit cannot do. Um, cannot come through, uh, especially when you are in that place of feeling alone or feeling scared or feeling uncertain, especially then. Yeah. Mm. And um, I think sometimes we forget, we forget and we think, oh, I'm so alone. And I, I gosh, I don't know who said this, but it sticks with me. Um, if, if you only knew who walked beside you, you'd never have another worrisome thought. And mm. I just think, gosh, they're, they're just right here, you know? So mm, yeah. Beautiful. Lean into that. I love that. And if you don't get the pink skateboard, maybe you're not supposed to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe it's not for your highest good in that moment. And that's okay. Because no answer is also an answer. Exactly. And I guess it's also understanding, like releasing the outcome and the expectation and being okay with whatever will be. Yes. Yes. Hmm. All right, Lauren. Well, we're at the end of our conversation together. I love speaking with you. I think we have a lot of things in common, um, just based on the books we've read together, or not together, but that we've read and shared during this conversation. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up today? Mm. Let me just feel into that a moment. Lauren, I think this has been a wonderful conversation, and, and I just trust that everything uh, that listeners need to know and need to hear today in this now moment has been received and I just trust that um, I just trust the divine flow and I just thank you so so much for allowing me to to join you today yeah thank you I agree I think it was a great chat so how can people get a hold of you what kind of sessions do you do online if they're not able to make their way to Kansas yeah beautiful um most people can find me on Instagram. That's where I share a lot of my happenings and I like to keep it playful. And I've been making memes, spiritual memes, which are so much fun. Um, I love to co-create with spirit in that way. But um, so yes, that uh, moon body spirit 
and my website is moonbodyspirit.com. Uh, the distance offerings then, just like we are right now on a Zoom call, um, mm -hmm. I have a beautiful session called Holy Shift Guidance Call. And it's an hour long. I pull cards before we connect to get a feel for your energy, where you're at. Uh, and it's a conversation. And then we go into guided meditation. I'll open your records. I'll send you distance Reiki. Um, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. So it's just like being in person, right? As long as your heart is open to receive, mm -hmm. you'll receive exactly what you need in that moment. Um, so I think that would be, uh, I think that's my favorite distance session uh, to offer. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And I'll put a link to all that stuff in the show notes as well. So our listener at home can have easy access to get you. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. I really love speaking with you and um, yeah, I wish you all the best. I hope we yeah. can keep in touch. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you, Lauren, for this opportunity. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.